Welcome to the Joyful No Matter What podcast with me, Heidi Mortar, and my friend, Lauren Franco. Hey, I've been through some crazy stuff in life, and I hope to bring you into conversations as we all continue to grow together, choosing joy along the way. You know, I've been thinking about something lately. I've been thinking about the church I grew up in. And the reason I've been thinking about that, other than it's always kind of holding a special place in my heart, is that I had a friend recently send me a new song by Tasha Cobbs Leonard called The Church I Grew Up In. And it's not exactly laying over the top of my memories, but similar, really similar, because it's about a small country church and how that laid a good foundation for her and uh, who even knows if that's what is her story, but that's the song she's singing. <laughs> and, you know, some songs just really stir your heartstrings. And I've also been thinking about music a lot lately and how music has played so much into my life. And did you know that I have a collection of old hymnals? You do. I do. And I love the words to the old hymns because that's what we always sang in church. And actually, that's how I learned a lot of scripture. I remember scripture put to song. Mm-hmm. So it's easier for me to remember the concepts of scripture and what scripture says. So when you're singing these songs, you do learn the words, but the references aren't there. So I have these words hidden in my heart. But sometimes it's hard for me to find them Mm. in scripture Mm -hmm. because it's like, okay, where's that found? Where's that found? Mm. But it's so neat when God speaks words to me and through a song or just through my listening to the Holy Spirit. And then do you know you can actually Google almost any phrase or any word and follow it by scripture? Oh, really? Like, uh, thy word have I hid in my heart. That comes to my mind, and I can write that in. And sure enough, it'll pop up, oh, that's this reference. Totally. And I love that. It's obviously a resource I didn't have when I was growing up 100 million years ago. Wait, Google wasn't invented when you were growing up? Not even. It wasn't 100 million years ago, but sometimes (laughs) it feels like that because life experiences make you feel like a long time has gone by when you've had a lot of, of things happen. But anyway, so music was... A huge part of my life growing up. And at my little country church, I had opportunities because I was one of, I'm not even going to say one of, I was the only kid in my church. Mm. And I was with old people all the time. And Bob always says, my husband always says, go to the gray hairs. That's where you learn the most. So I was always learning from them and always having opportunities because I was this fun little kid that they loved listening to me sing or listening to me do things. So I started taking piano lessons when I was very young and caught on to it because probably kind of in my blood, my mom's an amazing pianist and she always played for church, piano and organ, but mostly piano. So I started playing, accompanying the hymn sings when I was probably by the time I was seven, which was really cool. I don't think you get that opportunity just anywhere. You know, looking back, I realized how unique that was. And I know I sang my first solo in church when I was four years old. It was, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. 
And that was um, something that just really put a solidity in my heart. I didn't realize then, looking back now, I, I realize what I was declaring. I have decided, I made this decision and I'm going to do it. And I'm just that stubborn and just that determined that I decided then that I was going to follow Jesus. And I have with no turning back all my life. And the Lord knew that that's exactly what I needed because I was going to have challenges later on that I would need him and need mm. to follow him. So yeah, I have a lot of country church and growing up stories because my life was molded kind mm. of around church activities. Mm -hmm. It was our community uh, church and all of the neighbors, all of our friends, we all went to the same church. So it was the thing, was the place. What else? What else? <laughs> well, what? So you said Unionvale? Unionvale. What city is that in? You know, that's funny because it's not in a city. <laughs> <laughs> what county? Union, what state? <laughs> Unionvale is the community. It's okay. The, so now I think it's called Unionvale Community Church, but it was always... Or maybe, no, no, it was Unionvale Community Church, and now it's called Unionvale Countryside Church. Okay. You know, when churches change their names, something that you're, you've always been used to for 100 years a certain way, and then it's like, wait a minute, are we talking about the same place? So, yes. But what city is it in? There, That's kind of a joke because, you know, there's city people and there's country people and... I grew up in a very opinionated, biased family. You didn't call a pickup a truck. Okay. A truck was something you hauled crops to the cannery in. Okay. Not a pickup. A pickup. Do you know the difference? <laughs> I don't know. A pickup, is that like a F-150 or something you'd yeah. see just driving down the road? And That's right. It's a car. It's, it's a, a car. type yeah. of car. It's just you a know? type of car. Yeah. So a truck... A truck it's is something. For hauling. Yeah, you haul like a load of corn to the cannery in, okay. or a load of beans, or which I also did growing up. I did all the, all the things. I was my dad's girl. I always wanted to be with him and mm. be out on the farm. Uh, my dad was a farmer, and I loved just being out in the dirt. I'm gonna say it in the dirt. <laughs> And guess what? I'm what? still out in the dirt <laughs> sometimes in people's lives. I can really apply a lot of my growing up to now and how that molded me and and shaped me just planting seeds in people's lives. Mm. I love doing that. Yeah. I love the harvest, but I love every step in between too. Sometimes I get to plant the seed. Sometimes I just get to till up the soil. Sometimes I get to water the seeds that are planted. Sometimes people need a little fertilizer to help them with their growth. Mm. Maybe they're a little stunted. They need a little encouragement. And sometimes I do actually get to reap in the harvest. Sometimes when we share the Lord with people, we're the first contact they've ever had. And sometimes it takes 10. Sometimes it takes 100 mm. contacts. Yes. And we have to be content being wherever God puts us in that process with that person also have to be flexible knowing what our role is in that moment. Do we have a sickle in our hand that we're to, you know, cut the wheat down mm -hmm. to, to make the harvest happen? Or do we have a tiller that we're just tilling up the soil of their life and waiting for someone else to plant a seed? That's so good. So you grew up on a farm. 
I did. That's what we're gathering here. I did. Your That's what we're farmer. gathering. <laughs> I see what Pun you did. Pun intended. So you grew up on a farm in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Grew up on a farm in Oregon. Rural. My dad was a rural Oregon farmer. Rural Oregon farmer. And that must have been a really tight-knit community. It was. Still is. Still is. Still is, but in a very different way. You know, all the what we call old timers Mm. are kind of gone now. You know, it's a new generation. And it's sad for me to drive out in the community to go home and remember, oh, that was so-and-so's farm. And that's Mm. where my friend so-and-so grew up. And that, you know, Mm -hmm. things just aren't the same. Some things are overgrown. Some things are kept differently. Some things are remodeled. You know, and that's what happens over time. It's mm-hmm. a natural process. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing my parents talk about that a lot, like, oh, that's the old, you know, so-and-so place or whatever. And, and I think, okay, they're, you know, using archaic terms and ideas. And yeah, yeah, I'm there now. Yeah. I'm there. <laughs> it's hard when we start to sound like our parents, huh? You're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Well, it's hard when you have the realization that you're suddenly old. <laughs> That was a couple generations ago, you know, yeah. quite honestly. Yeah. What kind of farming did they do? When, what kind of crops? By the time I grew up, I was the youngest in, in our family. My brother and sister were 15 and 19 years older than me. So I had a little bit different, a different life experience than they did. They had animals and different kinds of crops, mm-hmm. strawberries mm-hmm. and cherries and, you know, things like that. And by the time I grew up, my dad had settled into doing more specific types of farming. We had pumpkins in my earliest memories, but then later it was mostly wheat and row crops. And what I mean by row crops is like corn and beans mostly. And those would be harvested with a a picker and taken, uh, put into a truck and taken to the cannery where they would can because it's called a can or a cannery. It's called a cannery. Yeah. <laughs> because they can the fruits and vegetables that are taken in there. Yeah. It's funny, recently you were telling me that you had kind of a aha moment when you were at the store and you saw flavor pack mm-hmm. and what were some of the labels, well, maybe hunts yeah. or you know, yeah. like whatever. It's like, oh, those came from a cannery. That's what Heidi was talking about. Totally. Because Heidi's mom had got, I got a chance to visit with her and uh, she had said, was telling me about growing uh, sweet peas. She kept calling them sweet peas. We grow sweet peas. Or am I saying that right? Sweet corn. sweet corn. I just remember she used the word sweet a lot. It was so sweet cute. Corn. And how we would pack it up and we well, would you know take she- it to flavor pack. And I was like, you, you mean right there in my back? Because it felt like far away in some crops somewhere in America, but it was actually... The reason she said sweet corn is okay. because there's sweet corn and there's field corn. And field oh. corn is what they grow for feed for animals. Okay, that makes sense. And for fuel and, you know, things yeah. like that. But sweet corn is what you eat. Thank you. I actually yeah. didn't... It was important to her and I didn't get a chance to ask why, but just that idea that like... I've loved hearing Heidi's stories of growing up because it really is like puts a connection to the food that we're all eating, you know, from whether it's frozen corn or canned corn. Flavor Pack was one of the names, the brands that uh, Patty mentioned, Heidi's mom. And that's something I've seen at the and bought at the grocery store. Flavor and Pack, so, Sandy Yam. Yeah. All it's those. like, it's your family. Thank you to your family. Del Monte. For- <laughs> 
I could go on and on. You could go on and on. You know, depending on where you are, if you're on the East Coast or West Coast or in the Midwest, mm-hmm. there's going to be different labels and different yeah. canneries and different, you know, things on the on the grocery shelves. So it's interesting. It is interesting. Well, Heidi and I grew up, now that I think about it, uh, probably, you know, only 20 different eras, but only 20 miles away from each other, probably, because I grew up in one the suburbs in of Portland, Oregon, and then she grew up out in Dayton, Oregon. But totally different lifestyles in the sense that she called me a city folk because I was saying, what city are you in? And here she's saying, and so it's kind of cool how. I hang out with city slickers now. City slickers. You're a city (laughs) slicker. You've converted maybe. I don't know. So when I want to, I just love what you said about, you know, just growing up in your community, the church as you described it, was just a hub for your family. Your your mom was playing piano. You were tagging along as a little one, learning and then playing with her. And your first opportunity to sing in front of the church, which I love, at four years old, which you know that that's a small little community when that can happen, and that's so beautiful, was I have decided to follow Jesus. Yeah. And how did that kind of mark your heart and your soul as you're standing there at such a young age, singing such a powerful lyric, how has that moment defined your relationship with the Lord as you continue to grow? You know, my commitment to the Lord, I took seriously from the very beginning because I had a heritage of solid Bible-believing grandparents. My dad's parents were solid in their faith, and they always nurtured me in mine growing Mm. up. They always prayed for each of their grandkids by name every night. Mm. I spent a lot of nights with them and can remember, wow, even now I I can hear their voices praying for each of us by name. And when I say each of us, I mean my dad was one of nine kids, and each of his siblings had several kids. And so my grandparents prayed for each of their grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren, all by name, every night. Everything that concerned us, they brought it before the Lord and gave me a foundation of of prayer and the word. Pop and Mom Mm. were my grandparents, and Pop knew the word, and Mom knew the word, and applied the word to their lives. So it wasn't just about my church. It was about also what I was learning at home from Mm -hmm. my grandparents, the gray hairs Mm -hmm. in my life. So I wanted that. That was very appealing to me because I saw what a fruitful life looked like. I saw the family unit that I wanted to have one day. I experienced deep friendships. I experienced contentment in the Lord. And those were all things that I wanted to attain in my life. So somehow I knew because that was all around me. It was emulated in the solid people in the church and and in my family that that's what I wanted. I begged my parents to send me to a Christian school because Mm -hmm. I wanted to have more knowledge of the Bible and God's Word. I always wanted to grow more in God's Word. But I continued to go to public school, and really in my public school at that time, they were teaching good values too. Mm. So it wasn't that different. It was just that the Bible wasn't used as a textbook Mm. in school. But everybody pretty much lived by the golden rule 
and biblical principles and and it was solid. It was good. So I had a good upbringing in my school years there too. But I had such a strong desire to teach people about the Lord even at a young age. I wanted them to have what I had growing up in my small church. I wanted them to experience that also. I wanted them to have that safe, secure feeling that that I had when I was with other Christian people. And besides that, I mentioned I was the only young person in my church, so I wanted my church to grow. I wanted other young people to be there. And later on in my grade school years, we got a new pastor, and he had kids my age. They were actually a couple of years younger than me, but they seemed, you know, at that age, it seems like there's a big chasm mm-hmm. in years. Uh, and now we're all the same age. Isn't that amazing how so that, that works? Happens. But I say that to say when they came, it was it was odd for them because I was doing a lot in the church. I was teaching Sunday school. I was we had even something at school called release time, which was during the school day, there was Bible teaching that you could go to in grade school. It was called release time. It was put on by a local church maybe one of the churches that was in town put it on. And so I loved it and wanted to do something like that in the country. So I had friends that would get off the school bus in my rural area with me, and I had a little podium set up under a tree, and I would teach them Bible verses and things that I had learned in school. Yeah. And fun fact, I did that at my neighbor's house because they had this awesome grove of trees, and it was right next door to us. So I could walk over there, and and uh, <laughs> my sister actually lives in that house now. No way. Yeah. So that's kind of a cool little fun fact. So how did that lead you to now? I'm just envisioning little Heidi at her podium telling people about Jesus. And that's who you are today, grown-up Heidi telling people about Jesus. Little Miss telling people about <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> You know, even as I'm telling these stories and and recalling it so fresh as I'm, and and this is raw, you know, this is fresh and raw in my mind, telling it, this isn't something that we've rehearsed or that I even knew that we were going to talk about today, but the Lord brings the right things at the right moment. And I'm really remembering and applying God's faithfulness in my life, just looking back. I don't think we go through anything that's for no reason. Mm-hmm. He's always establishing a calling in us, something that we will use later in life. Lauren, I always look at your kids and I think, they're going to do great things. What is it? Mm-hmm. What is it that they're going to be or do? Or how are their interests that they have now molding and shaping their future? Totally. And we'll look back and say, oh, he always, he did, always did that. Like, you know, this or that. Yeah. I, I think that's exciting. I see your daughter as a teacher and a singer, a worshiper, because she looks to you Mm. and watches you do that. I see your sons look to your husband and how they want to, everybody wants to be like that person in their life that they admire. Mm -hmm. And I see how they admire both of you. And I see how you've been good examples in their their lives. And it's going to be amazing to me to look back as I've seen them grow mm-hmm. and grow into adulthood. And that's what happened to me. I'm sure that if some of those people in our community were living today, they would say, oh, I always knew you'd 
grow up to tell people about Jesus, but who knew that there would be social media? Yeah. Who knew that there would be the internet? Who yeah. knew that there would be an opportunity to advance God's kingdom in more ways than just talking one-on-one, -on -one, which I still love to do, but I love to travel. I love to do all of the things that we do to spread God's word, and I love doing that wherever we go. I mean, what I hear is through your parents' diligence to take you to church and to keep you in community, it set you on a path for the rest of your life. And I mean, that's that's all we can hope for as parents, right? Is that we can set up a foundation for our kids every way possible to set them on a path to following Jesus and mm -hmm. let alone sharing Jesus with others. You know, we sometimes just stop short, like, well, they just know the Lord themselves. But it's like, here you've gone on to to just fulfill the calling that God has given you using the tools you have available. You know, I think you it's human nature to always want something that you don't have, mm. to think the grass is greener somewhere else. Yeah. I wanted to go to a church in town. Oh, I wanted okay. to go to a school in town. I thought, that, you know, that was going to be better. I'd learn more. You know, I pined for more all the time. And I had exactly what I needed right in front of me. Mm. We What looked different in the country and growing up in a country church than a city church is that in the country, when you had a baptism, you went down to the river or you went to your neighbor's swimming pool, you know, or we had potlucks every Sunday, a potluck. You know, Unionvale was known for their food and it was amazing. You know, we would we would have uh, celebrate people's birthdays, celebrate great mm -hmm. anniversaries. It was an extension of family. And I always wanted to expand my family. I wanted mm -hmm. to bring more people into that family yeah. because it was a good family. It was really, really good. And I think now I have the opportunity to do that with the internet, with our travels. Mm -hmm. I had a Sunday school teacher that really molded and shaped my life. His name was Carl Rutschman. He encouraged us in so many ways. He was a school teacher. He was uh, he had that in his heart. So when he taught Sunday school, it was just an extension of who he was. Mm -hmm. And he always had amazing life stories, you know, that he would apply the scripture to. And and I always loved that. And and he always challenged us to memorize scripture. And when I say us, myself and the two or three other kids that were the pastor's kids that were at church at the time. And so there was, you know, just a, a small group of us that challenged each other. And he challenged us in that he would, if we memorized, I remember one time, all the books of the Bible, if we memorized those, we would get a big, huge Hershey bar. So the Hershey bars that they make that are big now are maybe a quarter of the size of the big Hershey bars they used to make. Really? Yeah. They were awesome. And that was motivation enough for me. I learned all the books of the Bible. And, you know, then you're presented this chocolate bar in front of the whole church. And that was just, it's its a funny, silly little thing, but those things planted in you, you know, make you grow and, and challenge you. And he and his wife also loved to travel. And they bought a ticket. They were truly world travelers. It was a trip around the world ticket, airline no ticket. So you used to be able to buy these tickets okay. and stop in cities around the world for as long as you want to. 
and then get back on the plane and then go to the next destination. And they took a time off in their retirement to just focus on that and do that. And they literally traveled around the world. I've never heard of that before. And they had all of these amazing stories because their minds were open to different cultures, to different places. And I envied that in in the best of ways. I wanted to Mm. know about people. I wanted to know, what does it mean when you sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, red and yellow, black Mm -hmm. and white, Mm -hmm. they are precious in his sight. Like That's saying all people of all skin tones, all ethnic backgrounds, all places, you know, Jesus loves all of them. Mm. There's got to be more to this than just me. And I I really, I want to know people. I want to know more people. I want to love the people Jesus loves, which is everybody. I want to go to those places. I want to do those things. And then I put all of those dreams aside because life just took over. Mm. I stopped asking the Lord, what's your desire for me? I just started living life and doing things Mm. that I felt were the next step. And I didn't stop and say, Lord, what do you want for me? Where do you want me to go? I really wished I had a Mm do-over in that area Mm -hmm. because I feel like there was a chunk of my life that was, I don't want to say wasted because nothing is wasted. Mm -hmm. You know, God's in it all. But I look back and I think, oh, I wished I could have done this or I wished I would have had that. There There was a time that I really pined for more. And then... God knew the desires of my heart. Mm. And scripture tells us that if you delight yourself in him, he will give you the desires of your heart. It also says, train up the child in the way that they should go and they'll not depart from it. So all those things I learned, coupled with the desires of my heart, God gave those to me. We travel now. Mm -hmm. We tell people about Jesus. I have a husband that we do that together. I have a family that that I love and want to share the Lord with extended family, my aunts and uncles and I that, you know, I had all these cousins, but they lived in different parts of the country. So we never got to grow up together, Mm -hmm. just visit each Mm -hmm. other. But now I get to call them brothers and sisters more than cousins. You know, I, I get to go see them. We get to share stories about pop and mom. We get to shore each other up in the word and encourage each other. And wow. My life horizons have really been expanded, but that was all because of seeds that were planted in me early on by solid believers and God watering those and then later giving me the desires of my heart, which were the desires of his heart. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's all good. And those things that we go through in childhood do mold us and shape us and prepare us for the things that God has ahead. I love it. He is faithful. That's for sure. I'm just thinking of the verse that says, he who began a good work mm. is faithful to complete it. And that's what I hear here. I hear here. <laughs> that's here. what I'm hearing here. Um, that like it, God's plan for you is, came, has come full circle. Those desires that he birthed in you as a as a child are now come have come full circle in your life. And wow, it's incredible can, to see. If I can look back and get excited about how he carried me from then to now, it gets me really excited to think of what he has for my future. Another scripture that comes to my mind 
immediately when I say that is, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Mm-hmm. And when you call on me, I will hear you. Mm-hmm. I I love that. I just love that, Jeremiah 29, 11, because it's so true. So true. He knows the plans he has for us, and they're good things. Mm-hmm. They're good things ahead. So when there was a time where, you know, I couldn't see because I was a child, I couldn't see my future, but God was carrying me through to my future. And now I can look back and see how all of those things molded me, shaped me to who I am now and who I will be because God's in the future. Mm-hmm. He is Amen. already where I'm going. So that's exciting. That is exciting. He is already where we're going. Yes. Yeah. And he knows the way. He knows how to get us there. He knows how to get us there. So we got to keep our eyes on him. I haven't ever regretted the times that I've kept my eyes on him. The regrets that I have are the times that I allowed my eyes to focus on something else that was seemingly more important than him at the moment. And that's when I stumbled. That's when I got off course, the course that that he had for me. So I know it works to keep your eyes on him. You know, I read this verse this morning uh, in my devotions, and I think I never thought of it. I've never read this verse before or in a way that it, I've probably read it before, but it really just stuck out to me and applies here. It's in Psalm 85, verse 13. It says, righteousness will go before him, before God, and he shall make his footsteps our pathway. Oh, wow. And I just, he, we sh- he shall make his footsteps our pathway. And I just had just that picture of literally, wa- you know, just walking behind in his footsteps and the idea that he he knows the way he's because he's already gone there. He's walked right and we can just write right in step with him. I You want to hear a story? Okay. You know it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I distinctly remember as a child following my dad and him telling me as he's pressing down the grass, the tall grass in front of me, and it's kind of marshy. And we're going through a field that's kind of wet and sloppy and and getting to a lake beyond that was on our property. And he's like, you're fine just as long as you stay in my footsteps. And he had big feet. And, you know, obviously I was a little girl and I had much smaller feet than him, but he would make the footsteps. And a lot of times he would say things to me like that, that I know, I don't, I don't think that he consciously was quoting scripture, Yeah, but he was quoting scriptures clearly. Yeah. You know, reading that, I have never had that scripture stand out to me like it did just in this moment, remembering that it's like a deja vu. Yeah. Well, when I read it, I thought, whoa, like it just stuck out to me that anytime we're concerned or are we going the right way? Are we doing the right thing? And that's really what you're sharing here is this is where I started. This is where I'm here today. There was a lot of years in between, but the Lord, I was walking in his footsteps and he knew the way. So true. So another thing I remember distinctly an exchange with my dad that used to go like this. I would say, I love you. And he'd say, why do you love me? I'd say, because you first loved me. And I I don't even know where that even came from. But as I grew in the word, I started to realize, wow, that was scriptural. First John 4.19 says, 
we love because he first loved us. So good. And God was teaching me to love him, to love God, love my heavenly father through the example of my earthly father that I had. I had a great relationship. My my dad was my best friend. And therefore, it's easy for me to put that best friendship on Jesus. I always say, Jesus is my best friend. Mm-hmm. My grandma used to say, Jesus needs to be the your first love. He needs to be everything to you more than anything else. Because then when you lose your love, you lose your spouse, you lose... In my case then, it was apparent Mm -hmm. I still had my first love, which was Jesus. And that was something that really stuck with me my whole life. Jesus is my best friend. He's my everything. He's my first love. And I can see now that my dad exemplified that to me. So it made things easier. makes it easier. And I know that I was... I don't take that for granted, that I was really blessed in that because not everyone has an earthly father that gives them that example. But I would just encourage people to seek out other men, other solid Christians, mm-hmm. other and men and women need to be solid because people need that. Kids need that example. And when I say kids, kids of all ages, you know, we're all God's kids. So we need to be examples to one another in the faith and be strong and be solid and do the word, not just hear the word, not mm-hmm. just read it, not just see it, not mm-hmm. just, but be examples of it. It matters. I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. I'd like to invite you back to do it again. Subscribe here to get notified about our latest episodes. I'd also love to connect with you personally on any of my social media platforms. You can find them all on my website at HeidiMorter.com. That's H-E-I-D-I-M as in Mary, O-R-T-E-R.com. Have a joyful day and be blessed. Be blessed.